Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited as we've got another interview. Uh, today I've got Shayna Fopiano. She is from Boston. Uh, she, at the age of 21, started boxing and has had four professional fights and is now 28 years old and is currently professionally boxing as well as being a special education teaching assistant. So, Shayna, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sam. So, yeah, I'm going to get straight into it with the boxing. Obviously, uh, I know this This is where we met. We met at the gym. Um, I don't know why I was in the same gym as you because we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near your level. Um, but, yeah, how long? tell us uh, how long you've been boxing for and how you first got in, into boxing. Sure. So uh, I started boxing at 21. And uh, to be honest, my first time I stepped into a boxing gym, uh, it was <laughs> with a Groupon that my mom got me. She knew I had like some inner, some inner demons that I needed to let out. And she said, you know what, let's, you know, get you into some boxing, see how you like it. Um, so I went in to a gym that actually I didn't stay with, but I ended up puking that day and uh, didn't go back for a little while. You know, fast forward probably six months from then, I met my current coach through a family friend. Um, she knew I was interested in getting into boxing, so she introduced us. Um, but the problem was when I met him, he, you know, told me straight off the bat, like, he was, you know, he's a big time guy. He's worked with um, Mickey Ward. He's worked with Joe Rogan. He's worked with Dana Rosenblatt, a couple of world champions. But the main thing that they all had in common were, were they were all one professional and they were two male. So he told me straight off the bat, he said, you know, here's the deal. I don't train females. I don't. I just don't do it. Um, I never have. It's something I just don't do. So, you know, if you want to work out with us, that's fine. But if you want to get in the ring, then you're going to have to find someone else. And now I knew this guy, this coach, his name is Joe Lake. I knew he was big time. And I knew that if I wanted to take this seriously, that you know, I had to get with him. I knew I had to get under his wing. So what I did was I worked my butt off every single day in the gym and I and I knew I had to prove it to him. It lit a fire in my belly and I knew that I needed to show him that I belonged and that um, that I had every right to be here and I had every right to get in the ring under his wing. So what I did was I worked my ass off and uh, and that was it. He took me under and he, he realized I was worth it and here we are. Seven years later. <laughs> so how long have you been working with, with Joe Lake for the, your, your trainer? Yeah, so seven years. Uh, we've been together now. Seven very long, hard uh, years. <laughs> and and so you, you said to start off with uh, that you had some inner demons inside you before, um, you know, with that, before they're getting that coupon. Uh, what were those inner, inner demons inside of you that had to be released? So, um when I was younger, when I was probably in like middle school, um, from like, I would say like third grade, probably midway through high school, I was bullied by, you know, groups of girls, they would follow me home, you know, put stuff in my backpack, they would, you know, chase me and, and I was absolutely horrified, I would run in my house and I would hide and it was like the worst feeling in the world, I hated going to school every day, for my entire life to be honest, I hated going to school. It, it gave me so much anxiety. I felt a lot of stress, um, insecurity. So that was something that I didn't realize I was carrying with me throughout my whole life, but I did. 
So when I got into boxing, I don't think that was in my head from the beginning. I think it was it was more or less that I wanted to be cool and look cool. Um, but deep down, I was I was hoping to gain a lot more self confidence, and it was something that I felt almost immediately when I started training, and that's what kept coming back, coming, help me coming back for more. Yeah. Okay. And and so overcoming um you felt like that helped overcome certain demons suddenly getting into boxing uh and and being able to train and work hard and sort of get away from that yeah absolutely um the biggest challenge was just gaining self-confidence and i knew that if i wanted to overcome those demons once i realized you know a few years in that yeah that was something that was still creeping in my head from all those years ago once I did realize that and I started gaining some self-confidence, and I know that's something that does happen slowly. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, you know, it felt good. I felt finally good and confident, and I looked in the mirror, and I didn't feel so weak. And that, for me, was everything. You know, that's what I've been striving for. That's what I've been craving my entire life. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, I think going. I think a lot of people struggle with that, you know, having that self-confidence, having that yeah. self-belief and um obviously you've you've helped find that in boxing. Uh have have you also struggled with that um or found other areas where you do certain things to try and improve that outside of boxing as well that others that you know that are listening might also be able to apply into their lives? So there's one there's one thing that really helped me. Um a big thing for me was, or is, right before fights, I get really shook up. I don't know if it's, you know, between like past self-confidence issues or current self-confidence issues or the fact that, you know, I'm not sure if um, listeners know, but before a boxing fight, you have to make weight, which means, you know, say I walk around, I walk around right now at like 150, I fight at 135 pounds. So, you know, I have to cut 15 pounds of weight. That's a lot of extra pressure added on. You know how, you know, you get when you're hangry. So I think, <laughs> I think like mentally that adds a little more pressure and a little more stress as well. Um, so something that helps me overcome those failings is I read, a, I actually read a book. I found a book called um, Can't Hurt Me. It's by David Goggins. I'm sure um, most of you have heard or some of you have heard of him. It's something I really recommend to anyone who's feeling just like kind of at a standstill where they're not really sure where to go mentally where they're feeling like just hopeless and they or they need a little push in the gym or they just they need a little more motivation and and realize their own self-worth like read this book you will be so inspired it basically says like get off your ass and suck it up in in a you know a longer way (laughs) but and sometimes you need a little bit of tough love like that like I personally respond pretty well to tough loves so that book for me is really helpful I also find uh, yoga and meditation to be really helpful um, taking a nice walk on your own down the beach or just like down the road listening to music in your headphones that's something that helps too so there are a couple different things and a couple different tools that I use to help overcome like these negative thoughts in my head that try to control me luckily now um, I've realized that, you know, my will to be great is stronger than these negative thoughts in my head that try to tell me that I can't be. Oh, that's that's great. And can you go a little bit more into the meditation part? And 
Uh, I know yoga has obviously been uh, th- a sport, or not a sport, but an activity that's been growing a lot in, in recent years. Yeah. Um, but meditation, I feel like a lot of people, I've only started recently as well and got, mm-hmm. you know, taken a lot of benefits from it. But what's your sort of schedule like when you when you meditate and how often do you do it? And what how do you feel straight after, you know, after you do it? Um, to be honest with you, I, I just started getting deep into meditation over this pandemic, like this quarantine when I was, when I had a lot of extra time, my hands, you know, my gym had closed down. I was really, really in a bad place. Um, boxing is for sure my outlet. So, um, you know, not having that anymore, I had to fill it and find different ways to, to ease my mind and, and cause I was getting really, really crazy. Um, so I did try it. To be honest with you, I'm still working on getting better. I, I have a hard time zoning in when I meditate because my mind races so much and I do have a lot of anxiety. So because of that, um, I have a hard time sometimes. But I find that doing it in the morning before your day starts is really, really beneficial because it can get you can just basically center you and just get you grounded for the entire day. And it helps you make really focused choices, I think. Um, and it helps you realize that, like, you know, Things aren't always such a big deal. It it sounds like, to be honest, you sound very similar to me with uh, with a lot of that. And um, I like going on walks. And and if I I try and go on a walk and do a little bit of meditation before work, and sometimes if I miss that, I feel like a completely different person yeah. in the morning. And it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it it can be very uh, very strange. Yeah. Uh, you know how just a little little bit of thinking about yourself or thinking. Um, about sort of happy thoughts or trying to really yeah. focus on yourself. Well, can... the mind is like a powerful thing, you know. Mm. So sometimes, like, you know, if you don't jump onto meditation or go for a walk and you jump on your phone instead and you start scrolling through Instagram, yeah. you start scrolling through Facebook, like instantly without even meaning to, your mind will start, you'll almost start comparing yourself to all these unrealistic people online that are like living this fantasy world. But realistically, guys, like, they're just like the rest of us. Everyone is human. Everyone has these emotions and feelings. Like, it's just it's just an unrealistic world on there. So instead of picking up your phone, just stand get getting right out of bed and doing something for you and like your own mental health is huge to start your day. It it can shape your entire day. Yeah. So starting starting off your day, let's let's go into your sort of full schedule. Uh, yeah. Looking, obviously, I know it is a bit different now with COVID, but. Uh, your typical schedule when you are sort of in boxing in your season when you've got fights coming up yeah. um, what's your weekly daily sort of schedule look like so I'm still at work full-time even when I am preparing for a fight but instead of you know what's going on right now we're in fight camp we call it um, so that usually starts because I'm cutting weight that usually starts with uh, cardio straight away in the morning um, so that's usually like 30 minutes of or three, a three to four mile run or a jump on the bike, uh, something like that, followed up by a little bit of stretching and yoga at the end to help like zone myself back in, make sure I'm not um, sore for training later on in the day. Then I'll head straight to work, get in work by 7.30, out of work by 3. That's working at the school. Out of work by 3. Then I head to my boxing training by 3.30. And then from there, we usually uh, do mitt work, um, which is like holding the pads, you know, um, hitting all the different bags, drilling work with partners, sparring three times a week. Usually try to get 20 rounds of sparring in during that time. Um, And then after that, so that's three hours, then I'll head home, 
have like a quick meal or a protein bar, just something to to help me recover from that workout. And then depending on where my weight is, we'll try to get a little more cardio in, whether it's just like something on the bike with like a sauna suit on. It's really all about like trying to get my weight down. I don't really like to to leave it to the last minute personally. I like to cut as much as I can um, gradually because it's just, if you leave it to the last second, the fight's stressful enough. I don't want to be uncertain if I'm going to make weight too. Right, yeah. I mean, that seems like it could put a lot of extra pressure yeah, on you. And it totally I mean, does. I know that uh, a lot of people in college that have done wrestling or, you know, whatever else have to cut weight. And I remember even when I was in college looking at them and they're, just how difficult it is wrestlers are intense with cutting weight because they have like matches you know like days after days so they can't you know i i i weigh in right what i do is i weigh in the day before i'm actually i feel very lucky for this i weigh in the day before my fight and then after i weigh in i get to have pedialytes you know i get to like totally refuel i go out and have pasta i have chicken i just like and then i'm i'm not even kidding with you i gain probably around 10 to 12 pounds back that night Wow. <laughs> yeah, like no lie. I gained wow. that much weight that night. Sometimes you even you sprinkle a little extra salt on all your food to yeah. try to make sure you can absorb that water better. Um, but like with wrestlers, like that's it. Like they weigh in, they're they're done. Like they're fighting that day or like and then for the next few days, they're yeah. wrestling for the next few days. It's just like you know, I can't even imagine. I give them a lot of a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, in in terms of your schedule, then obviously it sounds like it's pretty busy when you know when you are in camp. And you know how um, how structured do you make that? You know, is that every day that sort of your schedule? And are there days and mornings where you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Like, how do you overcome that? And you know, yeah, there's so... a, there's a lot of people out there that you know struggle that. Even for myself, sometimes yeah. when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't really. Yeah. It's raining or I don't really want to go on that, yeah. you know. What... And, like, I'd be lying to say that I didn't have those feelings, too. That is so normal. Like, <laughs> you're not going to wake up every day, like, so fired up to get to the gym and, like, work out. Like, there are probably more days than, you know, there are more bad feelings than good feelings sometimes when I wake up in the morning, especially <laughs> on, like, rainy Saturday, Sunday mornings. <laughs> and I just want to lay in bed, relax. But... I think I think what it is for me is is like the discipline and the accountability. So first of all, a big thing for me is I know my team and my coach is sitting there like waiting for me. If I don't show up, like I'm letting them all down. I'm letting myself down. Like it's not for me, it's not worth it to lay in bed and then get like an extra hour or two or sleep. And then I get up and I feel so much regret mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. And I'm just like, why did I do that? Like I should have <laughs> never done that. Like where is my head? It's just like this vicious cycle of you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, never mind. And then you feel really bad about your decision. And it's just like self-sabotage <laughs> for the rest of the day and poor eating habits after that. It's just like this snowball effect of bad decisions once you make that first yeah. initial bad decision. So I think that's what kind of fuels me to get up and make it happen. Because I'm like, well, if you don't get up, there's like so many other bad situations that are going to happen after this if you don't just figure it out. Yeah. So. And- and that and that's where uh, a lot of people struggle is um you know where you said how as soon as it happens the first time it can lead just on to more and more but yeah. you know if it does happen that first time it's like making sure it doesn't happen that second time making mm-hmm. sure it doesn't happen that third time and trying to trying to end it straight away it seems yeah. like um so <clears throat> talk to me a little bit obviously i've i've uh, i've had the pleasure with sort of watching you train a little bit um during you know during the past few weeks and yeah. 
uh, I'm just going to say you're an absolute beast (laughs) (laughs) of a a boxer. Um, You know, I love just watching you, uh, you know, and it's been it's been quite humbling for me to sort of transition. Uh, I've never tried it before and Mm -hmm. just how much coordination it takes, the sport and uh, obviously fitness, everyone knows. but it's it's completely different. But also, the, the, one of the biggest things is is the mindset. And I know I know sort of we've discussed as well. But um, talk to me about your mindset training every every single day. But also for your first fight or even getting into a fight because you know knowing that the person that you're about to go against isn't gonna <laughs> isn't gonna ease up. They you know <laughs> right, they're, right, they're gonna right. be going after you, wanting to get that win as well. Definitely. So when it comes to training sessions. Um, now since i've been doing it for so long i feel like um, i'm pretty pretty relaxed during training i know now um the importance of breathing um while training that that really is important um to keep yourself calm the second you hold your breath you know during boxing or during mitt work or anything like that it's almost like you start feeling anxiety or like pressure on your chest because you're not breathing the second you stop breathing your legs start feeling weak Um, everything just goes out the window, you know, you need oxygen. So, um, training wise, it's okay. Sparring. I always, always feel nervous before sparring. Just, it's just like a natural thing. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay admitting it. And, and, and for people that listen, it might not know what sparring is. Yep. So sparring is basically, um, practice fighting, except, so the thing, the difference between, um, sparring and fighting is basically, for prof- when you're a professional, you don't wear headgear and you wear eight ounce gloves in the ring, right? So when you're sparring with like a teammate or a sparring partner, you wear headgear and you wear 14 ounce gloves or higher if you're um, heavier. I'm a lightweight, so I would wear, I wear 14 to 16 ounce gloves when I spar. So bigger gloves, headgear, more protection. Um, you don't go as hard. Obviously, you're not trying to like kill each other, your teammates. You want to help each other out. Um, so that's the difference. So before sparring, despite the fact that it is all of those things, you're still getting hit. You're still, you know, the thing for me, I don't, I don't feel nervous about getting hurt in sparring. I don't feel nervous about like getting hit in the face. I feel like I'm used to that part now. What I get nervous <laughs> about in spar, I know it's crazy to say, <laughs> but um, the thing that makes me nervous about sparring is is letting down like my coach or letting down my teammates or not doing something that we've been working on all week. Like that, and that's where the mental aspect comes into it, right? You start um, almost just like going in circles in your own head. Like, what, what, what if I don't do this right? What if I don't do this right? What if that? That's the problem. So that's where my nervousness comes in, and then I think that also falls over into a fight as well. I think the reason why it's so much easier to get anxious about a boxing match or like an organized fight rather than a fight in the street is because it's you know you have X amount of weeks or months to prepare for a night that you're going to basically fight someone in front of everyone you know and love. And that's like a lot of pressure, of course. When you get into a fight, you know, anyone can fight in the middle of a bar, in the middle of a club. Like it's just, it just, it happens. You're, you know, you're, it's in the moment. Your adrenaline's rushing. You're good to go. Like you don't even think about it. When you have a lot of time to think, about one particular moment and you train for days and days and days in like blood sweat and tears it's just a whole nother level of pressure so I think for me the biggest thing 
um, with fights is just trying to overcome that mental aspect of realizing that it's, you know, we've put all the hard work in, we've done everything we have to do. Just go in there and let your body do what it's been training to do. And that's a really hard concept to grasp. It is, I imagine. And it sort of, I mean, if I try and relate this to other sports as well, you look at um, people, teams that are, you know, going throughout the season, they are playing games, but suddenly they have, um, you know, they make the national final, they make a big cup sort of uh, game. And again, those, you know, that anxiousness comes out, you prepare for it. It's, you know, not quite as long as boxing, but uh, even with uh, golfers, uh, you know, with tournaments and their mindsets, they're building up for like, training for this big tournament that they might yeah. have and so you know that's it's very good that uh it sounds like you know that when it comes to that fight you've done everything that you can uh and to leading up to get to that point yeah, to like which, trust the process yeah um which seems like that that is what helps put you at ease a little bit more definitely absolutely so in terms of goal setting um you know do you goal set do you have short-term goals long long-term goals at the moment yeah so um definitely every day I have um first of all my long-term goal is to be a world champion that is has been my my long-term goal like for a very very long time I've known that for a very very long time um but each time I train I do have short-term goals for sure um, we'll work on specific punches. Um, like one week, we'll we'll try to perfect the jab, which is um, like your lead hand all the way extended out. Um, so we'll or we'll work on like the left hook, which is you know a hook with your lead hand or your rear hand, whatever. So that's that's like kind of how it works with with training with me and my coach. Is we we try to break things down. Where right now it's a little bit tough to find fights. And we have a lot of extra time to be able to work on things and slow things down and break things down. Um, that's what we're working on right now. We're working on perfecting technique um, and getting my mindset where it needs to be for bigger fights that are coming up. Okay, so you so you essentially have short-term goals that you'll focus on. It might be weekly yeah. with certain um, things that you're trying to work on. And then you ultimately have a long-term goal as well. What about just outside of boxing do you have? Um, other short-term, long-term goals that you like to put in place or, or things that are related to boxing? or Yeah. Um, I think the only other... I mean, of course, like, I I, I don't know if I want to stay working at the school for the rest of my life. I've worked in a special needs school for about eight years now. And kind of going back after high school, I went to college for a couple of years um, wasn't a huge fan of school, but my family was all, they were all involved with, uh, special education. So it was something that I kind of fell into. I said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to try this out, see how I like it. I love helping people. Um, it's just something that I love to do naturally. So why wouldn't this work out? So I started working there and did a little bit of schooling for teaching. And it's like, you know, I love working with the students and they, are amazing and I love it so much but you know when you can just tell that it's just not your passion right yeah so that's kind of how I feel and that's kind of where I am with that I would love to do a lot more like modeling and I would love to do a lot more like acting or things like that and I would hope that boxing can can like kind of open those doors for me in the future 
Um, so that's kind of like a goal that I have in the back of my mind always. Hopefully it will happen. Um, we'll see. But right now I'm just going to fully focus on boxing and hope for the best with that. That's brilliant. And Thanks. what about, you know, I know you have to take a lot of sacrifices to um, become you know, a professional boxer, to mm -hmm. become a professional athlete, become to get A-star grades as a college student or whatever. But um, talk to us about some of the sacrifices that you feel like you've, you've made throughout your, your life and some of the sort of the biggest ones that you, that you have made. So the biggest thing uh, for me was, this is something that I wasn't used to. So I was a little bit reckless in high school. I kind of just went <laughs> out and did whatever I wanted, to be honest. And I uh, partied a little too much and... Um, I was a little bit reckless on the weekend. So a big adjustment for me was was knowing that I had to wake up every morning, be at training at 8 a.m., like no messing around. You cannot miss. This is like not a joke. You want to go out and get drunk the next day? Well, guess what? You're going to come in and you're going to get punched in the face and it's going to hurt 10 times more. So it's just one of those things where my entire life kind of flipped when I was like, when I started getting serious I knew that the discipline had to change. Another big thing was, you know, because I had to attend every single practice or if I had to make weight for a fight, that means I'm not able to go out and go to dinner. I'm not able to go drinking. Um, any extra calories are not allowed. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you can't even, I can't even like smell a drink <laughs> around that time. So that limits me. Um, I fought around uh, Thanksgiving before. And that was really, really hard um, because I have a big Italian family. So, um, you know, showing up on Thanksgiving Day uh, to that delicious looking spread. Everyone's having <laughs> bottles of wine, having a good time. And I'm uh, I'm sitting there all miserable, feeling bad for myself. So, uh, yeah. So just like I know, like it, it may seem seem dumb, but but emotionally like that, that really, really sucks. Yeah. How about so, you know, that actually brings me on to a point of. Uh, putting yourself in the right environment mm -hmm. um, you know do you often look at trying to place yourself in environments that are gonna you know push you on or or try to not break those sort of weaknesses or you know yeah. that that brings me back when you're talking about Thanksgiving where uh, let's say you wasn't having Thanksgiving you were in England where we don't celebrate Thanksgiving mm -hmm. you know the, that temptation isn't there how important right. do you feel it is to put yourself in the right environment or for people who are listening who you know, also might be struggling to put themselves in the right environment. I think it's huge. I think it's everything. I think um, knowing your limits. So if you don't have good self-discipline, then you just need to know you don't don't go out and and, you know, go, don't go out to dinner that night. Like stay in, watch a movie, be happy with that and realize that you're working towards a greater goal. Like you're going to have your entire life to go out and have dinner and drinks and all these things with all your friends. Like you will have so much time for that. And the friends that leave and say, oh, she's boring, she's she's not doing it. Like, fine, you know what? Those aren't the people you want in your life. You want the people that push you and say, you know what, Shayna, I understand. I think I respect that. And I think that you're making the right decision. You know, we'll catch up, we'll catch up after your fight. We'll celebrate after your fight. That's cool, do what you gotta do. Those are the friends you want around, right? So I think, even putting your not putting yourself in the situation that like you know make you make bad decisions also eliminates some of like the crappy people in your life that are probably gonna continue to put you in those situations and make you feel bad about not going you know putting yourself in those situations so it's nice it kind of like 
it's, it's not fun at the time because it's kind of <laughs> like, oh, man, like I like them as a friend, but it weans out yeah. all the people that, that don't belong around that aren't going to push you to be better. Yeah. And so in terms of, so you're now 28 years old, right? Yep. Um, so, and you, and you started boxing when you were 21. I did. So obviously that's quite a late age, it you is. know, in, in a way for boxing and, yeah. and for anyone to start a sport, you know, at the age of 21. So, yep. um, yeah. How, how did you do it? Essentially, you know, how did you, uh, did you start at 21 and, and now, you know, become a pro boxer that's had four pro fights and, mm-hmm. um, and then also, uh, depending on sort of your message is how, can that affect other people that um you know maybe aspiring it might not be sport related but inspiring to to do something on their own to start their own business or mm-hmm. um yeah essentially if they are playing a sport trying to go pro where they feel like they might not be uh quite there yet yeah so i would say that um a certain age is never too late i really truly feel like that and you know sometimes i look back on it and i'm like oh man like look at all these young these fighters who have been doing it like since they've been like 10 or 15 or 16 and then I get in my head and I'm like wait a second like I'm I'm you know working my way up the ladder starting at 21 so it doesn't that doesn't limit you what limits you is the amount of work and in sacrifice and and discipline you know what I mean that's what it's all about if you want to be successful and you want to start and you start late not want to start late or you have to start late you need to know that you need to like put in that work. You just got to put in more hours and, and work even harder than anyone. And that's just the, the you know, fact of it. Like I, when I came into the sport, or just to be honest in general in anything um, that I do in life, I don't want to do it mediocre. Like I don't want mediocrity. I want to be the best. I just have a very competitive nature. I want to excel the best I can at, at something. And this is something that I felt passionate about straight off the bat so that it made it pretty easy. Um, so knowing that I wanted to be top level, I was like, Hey, like I better step it up. I need to do this and I need to put my all into it. Um, so yeah, we're getting there where, you know, even at 21, like I said, I had no amateur career, so I had none of that experience either, but we put in the work every single day, three hours in the gym every day, you know, three days a week sparring, um, all those miles I put on the road, like that all matters. Those are all. Like, the way I see it is those are my amateur fights. You know, that's my experience. That's what I've needed so far to get where I am today. So, you know, you know, you hear people when you watch boxing, you hear, like, um, you know, say, oh, it's a very extensive amateur career, 200 and something fights. And it's like, that's great. And, like, that's all good and, and well. But there's other ways to get there, too. It's not impossible. You don't need you know, you don't need a degree to, to have a business. You don't need, you know, all these different credentials. Like if you want to be something and you're ready to put that work in, you can do it. Bottom line. Yeah. And I love that. And, uh, it's actually quite funny because I think that's a a big message that I want to try and get across to people, um, that are listening, especially young people where, um, essentially Dan and I were having this conversation and the other day, where we were talking about our personal stories with soccer and how we finished college and we're 22, 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking, oh, well, you know, we were both trying to 
we were thinking about going professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both, ah, uh, you know, 22, 23 years old. That's like quite late, you know, we're not pro. And, and, and I look back at it now, just a few years later, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, hang on. I mean, if I continued to push, if I wanted to really go for it and put that work in, you know, my peak age isn't until I'm 27, yeah, 28, right, 29. And, right. I, you know, I, I could have, and it was just back then knowing that I, in my head, I was like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm late. It's too late. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Where actually this is just the beginning. And that's something yeah. that I want to really get across to people yeah. is if you really want to go pro, if you really want to attain something, yeah, age doesn't matter. Just go for it. Exactly. Uh, you know, keep going until you get, you know, <laughs> older if you're an athlete. But uh, that is one big message that I think is very important to share. Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> what is... Uh, What's one thing that that people don't know about Shayna? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot with this one. Oh, that's tough. I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm a pretty open book. Uh, let me see. So you want to do some modeling? So I do want to do some modeling. What? Yeah, that's. What 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 uh, has sort of intrigued you about that? Um, I guess it's something. It's something that I've always thought was really beautiful to look at. And um, I've been told by like, my family my entire life, I've been very lucky to hear from my family that, you know, they they have been encouraging me to do it. And so it sounded really good. It's also something, though, that I just, I feel like it just, I don't know. It's, it's tough because I'm kind of like torn between, you know, people will look at me and say, like, you're not a fighter. Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way you're a fighter. Like, that's just not... I can't, there's no way, right? So I'm kind of torn between like saying like, oh, I don't want anyone to look at me like that. And then the other side is like, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. I'll go take some pictures, right? So um, yeah, so I guess like my family kind of inspired me to to get into that. Um, but yeah, no, I, to be honest with you, I'm not really that interesting except for boxing. <laughs> I gotta be real. Um I'm an auntie now. That's pretty cool. I just had a, my sister just had a a baby. So I'm a very proud auntie. Thank you. He's like my pride and joy. Second I see him, it's like I could be in the worst mood in the whole world and I see him and I just instantly feel like so, so super happy (laughs) and and grateful and and lucky to be his auntie. So I guess that's a interesting fact about me. I just became an auntie. (laughs) It actually brings me on to, um, obviously you're married Mm -hmm. uh, and you have friends and family that are local with mm-hmm. you how does that affect you and then also how do you find that balance as well you know balancing not just marriage but with with the career that you have with a job with boxing yeah. marriage family friends like how do you how do you balance all of that out um so before I actually like got married I think I saw marriage as something a little bit different than it was so I thought like my whole life was going to change and like you know, but, but to be honest, like nothing's really changed. I feel really lucky. My, um, my husband is extremely, extremely supportive of my boxing career. He like pushes me to my limit and like, doesn't like let me slack off. So it actually goes really well. Like, I think if you find somebody who is going to like push you to grow, like again, like someone who is not only a friend, but like a motivator to you and like wants to see you succeed, like by all means, like we've had a conversation before, um, because there's like a possibility that I'd be going out and training in like Vegas or going out and training in New York or 
things like that. Like we've had conversations before where, you know, he said, listen, like, I know you're, you're most likely going to be traveling, you know, in the future for boxing. Like you do what you need to do, like to be successful. And like, I will come out and like be there with you if you want me to, or, or however I can help. I think it's so important to find someone who doesn't hold you back, doesn't try to make your dreams about them or have their dreams overshadow your dreams. It has to be somebody who wants you to succeed, even if you have to go off and do it on your own for a little bit. That's what it's all about. So for me, being married, you know, working full time, boxing, like that doesn't even like interfere at all because it actually all coincides pretty well because I'm, I have a great, great husband. That's, yeah, that's such an important one, isn't it? Uh, and it's it's something that I've realized sort of just as I've you know grown up yeah. as well and with past relationships. Um, and it's sort of, like, again, going back to like putting yourself in the right environment. And if mm-hmm. you're not, again, if, you, if that person, if your partner isn't sort of having a similar mindset with you. And for instance, I remember uh, being in a relationship and I was always wanting to try and eat healthy and the, the mm-hmm. other person wasn't really like that and I, f- I would find myself eating yeah chick-fil-a yeah. Eating, you yeah. know everything no, it's so true. yeah and it, it goes back to that doesn't yeah. it um which is which is pretty crazy that happens with us as well like when i'm getting ready for a fight or something right like i actually he's like the best when, we, when i'm getting ready for a fight or something like for the most part he'll diet with me like he he knows it's it's no joke he used to be a um a bodybuilder so he knows what it feels like to to be basically starving and miserable so um just like he he doesn't want to wiggle any food in my face when i'm going through that and he also knows the emotions that come along with it so that's helpful yeah (laughs) my so my my final uh couple of questions Mm -hmm. is um sort of diving into sort of happiness a little bit and Mm -hmm. i know again we sort of spoke about this before but um you sort of mentioned that you you know for you happiness comes in waves um you know go into that a little bit more so um lately with you know the pandemic and um everything going on i have to say like yeah like my happiness does come in waves because for me i feel happiest and i feel most focused when my life has a lot of structure in it and you know where it is hard to get fights right now and let me kind of touch on that a little bit you know when you're kind of starting off in the boxing industry you know before you get big time on tv um, the way you get paid is through ticket sales. So where they aren't selling out any arenas right now or like you can't sell tickets to people, it's really, really hard to make money. Um, also, a lot of the time you have to help pay for an opponent's medicals or their travel expenses or they're just in general their pay. Like you, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So Right now, it's one of those things where if I did fight, I would either be fighting for free or I would lose money. And for me, it's just not worth it. Because of that, I haven't been in camp. Um, And so I haven't had as much structure. Um, You know, the gym has been closing down, opening back up, closing down, opening back up. Just the uncertainty of it all makes me extremely anxious, which makes it really, really hard to stay level-headed and to stay focused it takes a lot more effort to stay in a good place in my head. Um, Cause I'm normal, I'm, you know I me, mean? I'm human. It is what it is. Like it just, I understand that. Um, so yeah, right now happiness does come in waves. I'm okay with that because I know that right now that's just, you know, times are uncertain. There's a lot of things going on that are just different. 
So I'm just going to adjust the best way I can for now and hope for the best. I know I'm going to have real dark, sad, low days, but, you know, we'll always come out stronger in the end. And then there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. There will be more fights to come. I'm just going to keep working hard and hope for the best. Love it. Shayna, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. My first female guest, yeah. I should say as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to follow you, what's the best uh, best way to do it? So I'm mostly on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram uh, under Shayna Fopiano. It's S-H-A-Y-N-A-F-O-P-P-I-A-N-O. You'll see me. All my boxing videos are on there. It's uh, public, so take a look and... Uh, Drop some comments if you like what you see. Love it. Thank you very much. And I'm excited to uh, eventually see you climb to a world champion. Uh, I, I can't wait to train with you and you can hopefully teach me a bit more as well because I am terrible. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you again. And uh, so, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm really excited about um, posting this one for, for you guys to listen. Um, if you, yeah, you want to reach out to Shayna, if you want to speak to her, uh, do so. Uh, I'm excited. I've got more future interviews coming up with a lot of different guests. So as you can see, uh, trying to sort of get a lot of variety in here. So thanks again and I'll speak to you soon.